Restoration Counseling Podcast number 10. Here we go. The information you receive in this podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling. If you or someone you know is hurting, we encourage you to please talk to them and have them contact their local professional counselor. Welcome to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs therapy, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and again. We help people understand their world and their relationships one step at a time. This week you'll be listening to part two of my interview with Troy Snyder about anger. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly encourage you to do so before you continue forward. But I don't want to keep you waiting, so please enjoy today's show. Certainly, men aren't the only ones to get angry. Uh, They're not. It's it seems to be more of a temptation with some men, for sure. Yeah. But what about anger in women? How's that going to look? Kind of different. What's that going to be like? Yeah. Um, well, women can both be aggressive, screaming, yelling, hitting, throwing things. Sure. And they also can be passive aggressive. You know, the manipulation, the doing things behind the scenes, etc. But. Just like the man, if we look at a core uh, need or a core emotion, like men want honor and respect and appreciation, right? And if they don't get that uh, or they get the opposite of that, that will trigger their anger. Women oftentimes want things like security and safety and um, connection or closeness. So when a wife or a female... Uh, feels unsafe, insecure, uh, not close, worrisome, that could be something that triggers their anger. Because another thing I, I didn't really say about anger is anger seems to be a, a concept that we think we're getting things back in control. You know, it's to either shut something up or shut something down or give us a sense of control. Yeah. And so if I, if I use my anger, I think that's what's happening. Yeah. So I would say that often women, whatever their outward behavior is with their anger, is also birthed by something that they're not getting internally. So if I if I use a relationship and a, a wife or a female doesn't feel attended to, um, and uh, the spouse isn't you know communicating with them or creating an environment of security and safety they could start to have that anxiety and fear underneath. And it can come out in anger. Hmm. It can come out in other areas as well. You know? yeah. Some examples of that? So uh, some other areas besides anger could be uh, they could withdraw and hmm. check out. Uh, they could go find 
uh, support elsewhere, uh, whether it's in the kids or another family member or a neighbor or maybe even, unfortunately, another another partner. Yeah. Uh, they can go out in that way to get that that need met. Um, they could get depressed. Mm. Uh, they could they could develop a, a, an anxiety um, issue. Yeah, generalized anxiety disorder or something of the such, which begins to help you understand that uh, I use this illustration that anger or or outward behaviors like that are more like the indicator light on the car mm. that point to that there's a real issue. It's not the light that's the problem. It's just telling you there's something going on. Pull over, check your system, and figure out what's going on. Yeah. So I, when I'm angry, I need to pull over check my system and see what's causing me to be angry and address that. If my water hose in my car is broken, I need to fix that. I don't need to beat the light up. Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel like people just put a piece of black tape over the light? Is that what seems to be happening? That, that seems to be. Or, or they think the light is the problem. Mm. Right? And, and, and start, you know, fussing at the light. Yeah. It doesn't fix it. Mm. So it doesn't matter. I, I, um, if you think about what, what, what Scripture says, it says the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So mm. it doesn't matter how much you spit, scream, yell, curse, jump up and down. It's not going to fix anything or move anything in the right direction. Yeah, but golly, it feels like it. It does, right. Because, yeah. well, why does it feel like it? Because we do have a chemical reaction. When I feel powerful, when I feel like or believe I'm in control, when I'm shutting somebody up or shutting somebody down, that's a position of power. Yeah, it's it's euphoric. Yeah, uh, we think about history, right? And we think about wars, and we think about those dictators or people who are leaders of war. They talk about an an adrenaline, in a sense, a rush of being in power. It doesn't last because they end up going and conquering more to get that same experience. Yeah, uh, what's the saying? Then Caesar wept because there were no more worlds to conquer. Right. Why would he weep? Somebody. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, I think that's very interesting. We've taken the drug out of his hand. They so, were... so so anger could be a drug of choice. Hmm. Um, no, that's good. <laughs> uh, so what happens to you know we we've sort of shown these two types of anger. We got sure. the the loud, boisterous, outward anger. We've got this quiet, reserved, subtle anger. Yeah. What is the what sort of the ends to these two if they're not addressed? What happens? Or what could happen? What, what could happen is, you know, if you, you know the old saying of practice makes perfect, right? Sure. So I become much better at my anger. You know, mm. I, I become more powerful, more controlling, more, more uh, quick with how to, to use it. Um, so I think it just gets worse and worse. And it also creates other devastation. So, for instance, uh, if I have a... A relationship and anger is introduced to that relationship on a chronic basis that relationship will probably end mm. and therefore yeah. now you have something else to be upset and angry or really ultimately hurt about yeah and now you have to deal with that and so you're now you've got a couple things you've got to deal with um, so it does it does tend to get worse mm. I, I've not seen it you know level out where okay I can I can scream at little Johnny you know five or six times and yeah. And then it's just going to stay there. It yeah. tends to get worse. Hmm. Um, the other piece um, about anger is kind of thinking on a, on a proactive way to fix it or why it's a problem is that think about the education we've had on anger. Yeah. 
anger is don't be angry. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And all of a sudden you're like, well, okay, so if I have this anger feeling, I'm not supposed to be that. What do I do? Right. So we gotta we gotta teach people that anger is normal. It happens. Yeah. And we've got to teach them how to deal with it. Right. But it's easy just to say, don't cry. Don't get angry. Don't do this. Instead of really investing in somebody and saying, hey, life is going to get be difficult. There's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. There's going to be somebody that cuts you off in traffic. Your spouse is going to disappoint you. Your kids aren't going to be perfect. And you know what? You may feel anger because of that. Let's mm. teach you that it's normal. Yeah. And what do you do with it so that you don't go off the rails and yeah. become passive aggressive or abusive or angry yeah. in that regard? It sounds like it's moving towards constructive in some instances. Yeah. And and constructive starts with you know healthy education and normalizing our experience as humans. Yeah. We do get angry. It is, a, it is given to us, but it is given to us to be that indicator to say, okay, there's something going on here. What do you want to do about it? Another piece of this is there's a good book. Uh, it's out of print, but it's a phenomenal book called The Other Side of Love. Hmm. Um, and it's about anger. And he uses this illustration about is your anger definitive or distorted? Yeah. So what he's really pressing at is go down and figure out what's causing you the anger. And then is that anger because of something real that's hurting you, which would be definitive, yeah. or is it distorted? You know, so if a if if someone says, um, "I'm upset or angry because you did not um, bring the bread home again," yeah, um, for the fifth time. See, there's an injustice there. It feels disrespected to the spouse or the partner, and that would be a definitive reason to be angry. Now, not to blow up or not to be aggressive, but to deal yeah. with it. Um, versus a distorted anger is, I'm really mad that I only have 36 Cheerios and 37 Cheerios in my bowl. That's, that's getting into something else there. Sure. Right, it is. But that's distorted <laughs> anger because there's real, really no injustice yeah. there. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So he, he talks about definitive and distorted anger and tells you to kind of go down and look at what's causing it, and then decide how you want to move forward on that. Okay, uh, but it's a good it's a good resource just to yeah. use. Hey, we can always use resources. I, I want to hear about something related to anger. As we were talking about this, sure. it really sounded like bitterness is somehow mm. connected to anger. What's their relationship? It can be. Um, what how I've described it or how I've seen it experienced is. Uh, anger, chronic anger not dealt with turns into bitterness, mm. right? So then if we, but if we go back to our theory or our belief about what is the root of anger, which is another emotion, uh, hurt, sad, disrespected, unsafe, that, that going on and on and on and never being dealt with creates a sense of hopelessness, mm. um, and then when you're hopeless, especially if something that provokes you to anger, you can just be bitter at the world and you just think nothing's going to change. Mm. No one will ever change. No one will ever mm. help me. And, it, and it, root, it gets down to that root of bitterness. Um, and so that's kind of how I've seen it in, in my, in my uh, practice and experience. 
Um, so we want to help people realize that they have a root of bitterness, that they've had something happen or chronically happen that they haven't dealt with and it's just settled into that. It's like a it's like a thorn that gets in you and you don't take it out, then you have an overgrowth and then an infection mm. and now you may have to get your arm amputated because yeah. you didn't deal with the infection. Mm. So it's much more serious and deep. Uh, but scripture speaks of um, this amazing verse in Hebrews that says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, mm. undeserved favor, that the root of bitterness doesn't spring up and defile many. And that tells us a couple things about bitterness is that when it when it roots, it will defile many. It will affect everybody. You can't control it. You might be able to control your anger and go, I can scream and yell at my kids, but I can smile at church or be great at work. But bitterness defiles many. It, it mm. leaks out. Everybody knows the bitter person they've met. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. I'm sure people listening have an image in their head right now. They do. Of who Hopefully that person it's is. not themselves. That's right. But it the the it, scripture speaks of see to it that no one falls short of grace of God. So that means that we as people, yeah. let's make sure that people don't get bitter. Mm. Let's talk to them. Let's engage them. And let's offer them something that will help them deal with their bitterness. And in this case, it's grace. It's undeserved favor. Yeah. It's recognizing that they are forgiven hmm. and that they can forgive and that they can work through it and they can talk about it. And a person can come alongside them and help them out of that. And if they begin to deal with, whether it's anger or bitterness, if they begin to talk about it in some way, shape, or form and start that process and move it down the court, they can begin to heal. Hmm. It's only when you stuff it, it's only when you ignore it, it's only when you don't do anything about it that it begins to have power and control over you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my experience yeah. with bitterness, at least from a, from a practice standpoint. And I want to honor people that have bitterness because it's oftentimes because there is a real hurt or chronic hurt yeah. that has happened. Uh, you really note that it sounds like one of the big things I took away from that was overcoming bitterness is a community endeavor. Mm. Um, yeah. I really wonder what it looks like in the counseling office. You know, is, sure. the, is a person who's bitter more likely to come forward and say, hey, I'm bitter, come, come help me out, or is it going to be someone bringing them? I, it could be either either or, right? Sure. They um, and but oftentimes it could be um, they coming in with a, a secondary issue, uh, mm. like they have relationship conflict or they have conflict with their kids. And when they begin to talk, they may have those things. Yeah, but depression but, maybe. Depression. Yeah. But then you can also go. You know, I've I've met with you a couple times, and I've I've noticed that there's a lot of bitterness inside of you. Yeah. Um, and so you maybe bring that out of them and expose that. But you're right in the community endeavor is that we need people to walk alongside us to help us with that. Now, a therapist may be an entry point in that. Yeah. But other people in your community need to be able to say, hey, I see that hurt, that bitterness inside of you. Talk to me about it. Let's figure out ways we can work through it. But just allowing them to unpack that. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if it's a root of bitterness, it means it's deep down. Yeah. It's in there. And it has to be unpacked. Or dislodged, yeah, or unlodged, right? However you want to say that, to to begin to work on it. Yeah, so. it, it sounds like, especially with the root analogy, that the idea is that this is what's feeding the tree in this yes. scenario. So if if it's a bitter root, it means 
bitter things are coming about. Yeah. I guess bitter fruit would be the uh, end of that analogy right there. I would agree. And like you said, when you think about a bitter person, people don't think about someone who's screaming, running. They've gotten past that point. Yeah. They've gotten to a point of hopelessness where they're just sort of hum-ho. Yeah. And, you know, and they're just maybe they're they're maybe oftentimes just irritable or grumpy or disconnected. And But people know a bitter person when they see them. Yeah. When they experience it. Them. They it don't, usually doesn't take long. No. And 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 they're not going, ah, oh, they're screaming and yelling. No, no, they don't, they don't see that. Hmm. They see beyond that anger where they've gotten hopeless about their anger situation. Yeah. Is my experience. Yeah. It, it sounds like bitterness was just... Uh, Terminal anger. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Hmm. Um, particularly, I imagine it's more tempting for people that are more passive with their anger. That's another good point because not everybody is prone to you know blow up. Some are more prone to stuff or or, or passive aggressive or more passive in their response, and then they can they can grow to bitterness more yeah. quick, maybe more quickly. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, as you know, in the podcast, I don't just like to talk about theory and talk about other people. Sure. Uh, I think the TV show Frasier was really, really fantastic. Uh, cheers as well, I suppose, in this case, yes. the, of the idea that we can say one thing in the office, but in our personal lives, we can look very different. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say that wasn't true of me, that I can true. say one thing and, and sense the hypocrisy in me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great privilege to be a therapist because I, I get to look in the mirror every day mm. and I can give advice and I go, am I doing that? Yeah. And oftentimes the answer is, no, I'm not doing that fully. I need to work on that, right? So it's a, I see therapy sometimes in a selfish way for me is a, is a mirror that I can kind of keep reflecting back. And mm. so when it comes to anger, I recognize I do get angry. Yeah. There are things in life that frustrate me, whether it's friends, family, politics or other people or, or life in general um, and so I have to be able to recognize hey I'm angry yeah and I need to be able to bear that out to somebody and say hey I'm really angry or frustrated anger has cousins right annoyed frustrated irritated they're all cousins of anger they're just yeah. you know I like that um, so I need to be honest about that's how I'm, how I'm feeling and then either I have my friends or spouse or Whoever asked me the question, well, what's really causing your anger? Hmm. What are you really feeling inside about that? And now it's not perfect because yeah. I can, my own personal tendency is when I get angry, I'm not a blower up shouter. Yeah. I'm a withdrawer. Hmm. I might go radio silence for an hour or two or maybe longer. Yeah. Kind of musing in my own mind, kind of rolling it around in my head, justifying why I think I deserve to be hmm. angry. Right. Yeah. Until I come out of that, when someone says, "Where you been? Or, yeah. What's going on?" Or, "No, tell me what's really going on," and I then have to talk about, "Well, I'm disappointed in what happened here." Yeah. Or I'm overwhelmed with this, whatever that is. So for me, anger is a oftentimes a more withdrawal, passive response rather than an active response. Yeah, uh, I certainly relate to you there. I'd say anger is very similar for me. It always tends to end. Uh, there's withdrawal, and then eventually there's this what I call the sentence, which is where I've crafted that that I call it the brutally honest sentence, and mm. it's always more brutal than dishonest. Uh, that is supposed to be the uh, nail in the coffin. Yeah, because hurt people want to hurt people. Unfortunately, I keep hearing that, and I, mm. <laughs> I guess I have to believe that more and more every time I hear it. Um, 
I would say hurt people tend. That's what I've been thinking about. Hurt people tend to hurt people. Yes. I don't know if they want to, but that's they, a good point. They they tend to. Um, no, I think it's this is a good reminder for for both of us and maybe some people listening. But practice does make perfect. But that's the reason that we're doing practice. And and the other part about that is none of us are fortune tellers or prophets about the future. So I don't know what comes up in my life. Yeah. I don't know if someone in my family is going to get sick or die. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get in a car accident. I don't know if something's going to happen to my house. I don't know these things, right? So I have to be prepared to some degree to live day to day with a hope in the future. But also I got to be honest about whatever curveballs I'm pitched in life Yeah. to be able to go, okay, this is how this makes me feel, and I need to do something about it. And yeah. So we could expand this podcast from just anger, but we could insert depression or anxiety or yeah. worry or alcoholism or drug abuse. We could, all these coping mechanisms that how we deal with life's curveballs. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, that's the beauty of life sometimes. Things have a lot of overlap if we let them overlap. Yep. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a good point, and I'm... I'm Tracking with you there, for sure. Uh, well, toward, we're coming towards the end of our time today. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, uh, it was my pleasure, for sure. Thank you. Uh, anything you want to uh, advertise or plug or uh, make mention of before we finish up today? Well, just in regards to anger, yeah. um, uh, you're going to express it one way or another. <laughs> so take that opportunity to be honest to be able to say, I feel angry yeah. to someone who cares about you. I feel angry because, and fill in that because, and then identify what it is that you really feel because of that because. Yeah. Um, so that's a small step. I like Right? That. That's a movement. If you're sitting in your car or listening, you know, right now as you're running or whatever you're doing, if you're angry or you know you have an anger problem, slow down, take a breath, sit down, identify you feel that way, answer I feel because, yeah. and then identify the real feeling that you're having. And seek that help by talking to a friend. Maybe talking to a therapist, if need be. Nice. I like it. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us for the Restoration Counseling Podcast. Our podcast is a product of Restoration Counseling of Atlanta, located in Roswell and Woodstock, Georgia. If you'd like to ask questions or inquire about counseling, please feel free to do so. You can email us at info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Again, that's info at restorationcounselingatl.com. If you'd like to contact Jared, please feel free to email him at Jared. J-A-R-E-D at RestorationCounselingATL.com. Thank you.